read several scriptures just right in a row. Uh, and so we're going to do that and then we'll, we'll get into what I want to say and talk about. Uh, so Romans 1, 16 and 17, the last several services on Wednesday night, we've been talking about faith at the Lord's instruction. Paul says here, for I am not ashamed. Amen? If you are ashamed, Dr. Dufresne said, if you're ashamed to carry your Bible around in public, just put it in a paper bag until you get over it. <laughs> uh, amen. I got over it a long time ago. I don't care where I am, praise God. I love the Word, and I'll have it with me. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ, for it... Now, it is a pronoun. It's referring back to the gospel or the message. The message is the power of God unto salvation. Or you could read that word and think about anything I need. <laughs> because all of the major areas of your life are included in that Greek word soteria, as we've talked about. Notice it, the, the gospel, the message is the power of God unto everything that you're going to need to everyone that believe or to everyone that has faith. Amen? It doesn't matter. You know, God loves us all. He's intense about His love for us, isn't He? But that does, He can't just move on our behalf because of love. He already did that by sending Jesus to pay your debt, become a curse, that the blessing of Abraham might come on us all. Right? So his love has already moved. Now it's our turn, and our turn is faith. Hallelujah. You know, the reason you ought to you know, get a PhD, uh, the highest degree possible, on the faith life, uh, is, is because it's your part. In everything, God has a part, and you have a part. Faith is your part. Now, I love studying about how God does things in, in certain ways, how He manifests Himself. But in one facet, some of it I don't really care. I, I just need to become skillful at my part. Because if I do my part, He's got His down. I don't need to figure out all that. But if my part is faith, then I'm going I'm to be good at faith. I'm going to get good at faith. Because faith gives permission for God to do His part. And like we were saying during the offering, we go first. It's our faith is our turn. Amen. And so he said unto everyone that believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Notice this from faith. So the faith we used that we walked in to get saved. We're not done with faith. We from that moment, that first uh, use of divine faith to, to receive salvation. Now we go from faith to faith. Right? You need to use your faith if you need to and go get water baptized. If you haven't been, that's you're right, you would go from faith to faith. And, and you get saved, you need to receive the infilling with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, use your faith for that. And we just go from faith to faith, day by day. And faith very quickly becomes our lifestyle. Amen. And so then it says, the just shall live by faith. I don't want to get stuck on that. That's been really good. We've been stuck on it for about two weeks. Talking about faith touches everything. Every aspect of our life. But you need to, right? How many of you like salt on everything? Except like a ice cream or so, you know, praise God. You know, some, praise God. You know, faith is almost like that. You just, it's good on everything. Put, put sprinkle faith on your finances and on your marriage and just every aspect of your life. I'm going to quote this next scripture. We've been looking at it too. 
uh, for time's sake. 2 Corinthians 5.7 of course says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's just huge. You've you got to get a revelation of that in your heart. I live my life every day by faith. I'm not living every day by my circumstances. I used to be like that, like a yo-yo on a string. And I was a slave to my circumstances. If my circumstances were good and favorable, I'm happy. But if it was cloudy and rainy in my circumstances, then I'm down and gloomy. Right? And that is not the way the Christian's supposed to live. You know, one day you come in the lobby, how are you? Great! Glory to God! The next day you come in the service, oh my God, pray for me! You know, you know one of the things that real faith is going to make you is steady. Because faith is always victorious. Faith is always peaceful. Faith is always joyful. Because faith always has the answer. Come on, right? One of the things I love about walking by faith is faith knows how it's going to turn out. And God authorizes you while you're in the midst of the storm to act like you know how it's going to turn out. It may be raining right now, but I know how it's going to turn out. My body may be racked with pain and symptoms right now, but that's okay. I'm still joyful. I'm still peaceful. I'm still, I'm still victorious because I know how it's going to turn out. Amen? The register and the checkbook looks pretty bad in that, but I don't, I don't care. Praise God. I'm not looking at that because I know how the month is going to turn out. Right? Isn't that what faith is? Come on. So another way you need to think about this, it, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. You think about it this way. For I live my life trusting what God says. That's what faith is. So I live my life trusting what God says about every circumstance and every aspect of my life. Not, the verse goes on, says not by sight, right? So I'm living my life according to my trust in what God says, not by what my circumstances and my feelings are telling me. Amen. Glory to God. Now go over with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Ooh, I'm liking this already. I mean, Layla, sometimes she's got bites out of the bowl before I've got it set down. <laughs> really? Like, how did she get that in her mouth? I haven't even put it down. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 35. I'll read it. You follow along. Cast not away. Could you say it in Kentucky? We say, don't throw away, right? Don't throw it away. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Now, that's just another word for faith. What is faith? Being confident. About what? About how it's going to turn out. It will be as the Word says. The Word of God says, by His stripes, I was healed. Therefore, I am healed. And that's how it is. Brother Hagin got this from Smith Wigglesworth. And Wigglesworth had written in the front of his Bible, God's word says it. I believe it. That settles it. And that's how he lived his life. God, God's word said it. I believe it. 
that sells. And everybody who's not walking in faith, who knows what you're going through, they're going to go, yeah, but. Oh, but yeah, but, but what? Oh, but what if? You know, so-and-so believe that, mate. Amen? You're going to have to just set all that aside. <laughs> if you want to live the kind of life Wigglesworth lived and Kenneth Hagin lived and other people have lived, God's Word said it. I believe it. And that's the end of it. It's real simple. Amen? So he says, don't throw away your faith, your confidence. Now notice this, which has great recompense of reward. The Amplified says it carries a great and glorious compensation. <laughs> In other words, faith pays. Faith pays. It pays to believe God. Amen? And so then it says in verse 36, For you have need. Now you means me, right? When you're reading it. So you've got to apply this to you right now as we're reading this. This is me. Everyone say, this is me. I have need of what? Patience or endurance. That after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come, and will not tarry or will not delay. Now the just, here it is again, shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, uh-oh, if it weren't possible to draw back, he wouldn't be warning us about it. But if any man or any person draw back, my soul, talking about God's soul, shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, and that word means destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen? So we'll, we'll come back to that. Let's look at one more verse here in Hebrews chapter 6. Y'all all right? <clears throat> you know, just reading the scriptures blesses you, doesn't it? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. And it says, And we desire that every one of you... Do you see yourself in there? Yeah, you should. We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, sluggish, or lazy, some translations say. But notice this, but followers of them, Amplified says, Imitate them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Now notice verse 15. And so after he had what? We don't like these phrases. After he had patiently endured he obtained the promise. The Amplified of verse 12 says, in order that you do not grow disinterested, that you do not grow disinterested and become spiritual sluggards, but imitators behaving as do those who through faith and by practice of patient endurance are inheriting the promises. Hallelujah. So based on these scriptures, I just had it in my heart 
uh, to talk to you about my journey of faith. You know, my journey of faith. That I want to be, and as humbly as I can say it, you know, uh, a lot of people have a false idea of what humility is. Being humble doesn't mean falsely talking yourself down. Right? And what humility does is it tells the truth and thinks the truth about themselves. Right? And so this verse says, Hebrews 6, that believers should find someone to follow and imitate them. Right? Do you know that part of what God intends for you to do in having a pastor is not just listen to the sermons I preach and teach, but to be a student of my life? Now, it took me a lot of years to figure that out in my life towards my spiritual parents, that God had more for me in them than a sermon to hear. God gave me in them a life to follow, an example to follow. And many, listen, why would we know it if someone doesn't teach us, right? And if, if you're, you, you'll be much more enriched in our covenant relationship if you'll be more than a hearer of the sermons I teach and preach, but as, to the, as much as you can, be a student of my life. That doesn't mean that I'm going to invite you all in to follow me around all day long. But to as much as is possible, amen, to be a student of the life. I am a student of Brother Hagin's life. I never met the man. But I'm a student of his, not just his teachings, but of the way he lived his life. Now, as God, you know, more personally opened up doors for Amber and I to have covenant relationships with our spiritual father and spiritual mother in Dr. Dufresne and Pastor Nancy, and now in the absence of Dr. Dufresne, Dr. Jacobs, I learned to be students of their life. How do they think? What's driving their decisions? Looking at their lifestyle. Amen. And as much as is appropriate... I ask questions as I have opportunity. Hey, Doc, I'm, I'm dealing with this. You've been way out there ahead of me. How did you deal with this type of thing? Hello. And we're just going to talk the rest of the night. Is that okay? Praise God. And um, one of the ways that I know that people have lost honor for me is they stop asking me questions. Amen. Praise God. They stop, they stop inquiring. And some, some people, not you, but some people, you know, they have this attitude that uh, they know more about God and Bible, life and everything than me. And I don't know, maybe they do. But I, we can compare fruit if you like. And really, even if your fruit's greater, greater if God assigned me to you and you to me, even if there's levels of revelation and knowledge and wisdom and insight that I don't have that you have, God is going to use me in all of my 
in all of my frailties and, and imperfections because of that anointing to bring something to your life that you need Amen. from Him that you can't get apart from having a pastor. Right. How'd we get off on this? Well, it's this scripture. Amen. And it's not the only scripture. You know, Ephesians talks about this. Ephesians chapter 5 talking about be imitators of them. Right? And so God's going to assign all of us people that we can't, and thank God for it. Right? Thank God for someone I can shake their hand. I can hear their voice. Right? Uh, You know, thank God for Jesus, but I can't see Him. Right? And and someone that I, I can sit down and have a cup of coffee, whatever, and ask questions and be a student of their life. Dr. Jacobs isn't Jesus to me. Right? But he is my spiritual father. Pastor Nancy's not Jesus to me, but she is my pastor. Amen. And I'm just telling you, as I've really ramped up my thinking over the last five or six years, my wife and I have just come to a whole other level by watching people who are, have been down that road farther in the spirit, in ministry, in life. Amen? You know, let's, let's just give you an example. No condemnation, but if you've had even one failed marriage, you ought to be interested in getting some input from someone who's succeeding at marriage before you jump into another one. And if you don't, you're foolish. Because you've shown already an ability to get it wrong. You ought to be interested in getting some input and endorsement from somebody anointed in your life who's done it right. Amen. You know, I've had faithful church members, been married a long time. And they show up in the service and go, I'm married. And I just, maybe I just smile and go, hmm, wonderful. You wouldn't know it, but I'm thinking, dumb, dumb. That's just dumb and dishonorable. You call me your pastor and you went down to some city hall dude who's not even saved to get yourself a little license. You don't love God. You don't have honor. This is not a spiritual thing to you. You just did it. And you probably know I wouldn't approve. That's why you did that. And then it usually very quickly ends up tragic. And if that happened, listen, blood of Jesus, right, forgiveness, no condemnation, but learn. Learn. Hallelujah, that's pretty good. Praise God. And, And so really what I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, about four years ago, like I said Sunday, um, was it about, it was a little over four years ago. How did you come across the house? Did you see it in the magazine? Or did you drive by it? It wasn't in the magazine. How did you hear about it? TikTok. We were looking at rent houses, right? I think that's what... Anyway, she came across this place that we live at now. And like I said Sunday, for years, I had to, while we were pioneering this building, that's where all our money was going. Paying our minimum bills. If we had extra money, we're pouring it into the building. You know, it's like Dr. Dufresne said, if you don't believe in your vision, why would anybody else? And so we were happy to do that. And we were happy where we were. But our family was growing. And we just had this witness in uh, our hearts that God had something better for us, but not yet. And we would be in meetings and, and the anointing would come on Dr. Dufresne in that prophet's office and he'd point out somebody and say, new house. And we never got that word. 
And we'd sit there like, when are we going to get that word? But it wasn't. He was spiritually accurate. It just wasn't time. But then we were in a meeting with where he was ministering in New Albany. And we got that word. Now, we're not being led by that, but you're just having fun with it. When are we going to get that word? You know, we just didn't get that word. But finally we did. And then she found this place. Well, you know, it's not the Taj Mahal if you've not seen it, but it's nice. It's nice, and now it's ours. And it fit everything that she had on her heart, and I like it too. Had the bedrooms we need, and room to grow, and trees, and la, la, la. And we liked it. And God said, that's the one. So the house sits on two acres, and, but there was an attached farm, which we wanted a hobby farm, not something real huge. But, you know, and, and so it had an extra 13 acres on it. Uh, attached to it on a separate deed. And so God said, and so we just kind of checked our heart and we just, we just had peace. Come on, right? That this was the one and the time was now. Now, without getting into our financial details, uh, in the natural, you know, you don't buy a home plus a farm before you sell a house you're in. That's good, common business sense. You don't take on a huge step up for you, plus take on the house payment you had. But how many of you know faith will follow the Spirit? And this is something that you, you, you need to get, okay? You cannot separate living by faith and being led by the Spirit. You just can't get on Zillow or Realtor.com, right, and go, that's my house. If someone's living in that house and you're calling it yours, that's called covetousness. But when God says, that's your house. See, now you have a word from God. See, so many people step out and call what they're doing faith. But what they stepped out on was presumption. They presumed God would bless it because they wanted it. So they make this decision, they start this business, they make this investment, they date this person, and they don't have God's Word on it, written or Holy Ghost, right? And they just have a plan and they expect God to bless their plan and then when it doesn't work out, they say, see, this faith stuff doesn't work. No, you weren't led, and God's not blessing anything other than His plan. And this is why faith people step out and embarrass the message and bring reproach on and get confused and bitter and hurt and leave churches because they fell flat on their faith, on their face. You have to be led by the Spirit in your life of faith. You have to have that ingredient. We went this direction because God led us to. Believe me, I tried not to in the natural. Right? So we negotiated it. And the way we did it, because it's, he was selling it as one package, the land and the house, and he wanted a certain amount. Well, we negotiated and we came off whatever. But the way we ended it up was we're going to get the house first and we're going to structure it because they didn't want to take on too much, the land in a separate deal. Right? Follow me? 
And so um, we gave him more of a premium. We didn't give him everything he wanted on the house and the two acres. But we gave him more of a premium on that. But we negotiated a deeper discount, much deeper discount on the land. When you add the two together, he still gets what he wants. Right? So we lock up that deal. Well, we have to start. There's going to have to be some creative financing here. We're going to have to have some favor here. Right? So we had our bank appointment. And we sat in a parking lot. And we quoted, I don't know if we read it or quoted it. Mark eleven twenty three, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe whatever, right? They say will come to pass, they will have whatever they say. So we made this covenant together. Whatever this gal says we have to do, we're just going to tell her we'll have it when we need it. That's, we decided what we were going to say. We didn't know what we were going to hear. But we knew they were going to place demands on us of some kind. And they did. They said, oh yes, we can do this. What we're going to do is we're going to create a bridge loan. And we're just going to, on paper, take a portion of the equity off the Kevel place and transfer it over on paper to the house you want to buy. Just an equity swap. There's your down payment. But because this place isn't selling, you have to have, I'm not going to tell you the amount, but many, many thousands of dollars in the bank by closing. They wanted six months worth of payments on both house payments in the bank before we could close the deal. We didn't have a dime of it. You know what we said to that lady? With my knees knocking together. I said, we'll have it when we close. By the time we close, we'll have it. And we walked out going, shazam. We just look at that. Well, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, we'll have it. Now, you could get foolish with stuff, but God was leading us. This was the plan of God for us to get this place. So she said, you got to have six months worth of payments on both properties. And she said, listen, you have to prove where the money came from. You can't go down and sell something. You can't go down and borrow it you can't come down you can't put it on a credit card at an ATM we got to know where the money came from you have to document where this money came from okay we'll have it when we need oh listen I got there's a lot of miracles we don't have all the time but just in this one part within about 30 days all that money was in the account I mean miraculously I'll tell you one little miracle that happened. We, we, got within, we got within a few thousand dollars. And I remember a lady, don't tell it. Oh, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. That's no harm, no foul. They did it. And I'm not mad at them and they're a blessing. So anyway, someone who's not attending our church anymore, they left the church to go somewhere else and that's fine, no problem. But while she was attending here, she came up to me after a service and said, God told me to write you a check for $5,000 for your house. She knew I was believing God for a house. And I said, well, we don't, we don't even have a house. We don't even found it yet. It's just not time. She goes, okay, well, when you find it, you let me know. I'm going to put this amount of money on that house. Well, in the meantime, by the time we found the house, she'd transitioned and left the church. Well, I'm over, I'm over working on the Kevill house, and uh, I had this thought come to me. The Lord quickened me about this lady. 
And I just had this witness come up, call her. Now maybe she won't, but she said she would. So I called her up. Hey, this is Pastor Chris, remember me? You left the church, that's fine. But do you, I found the house. She goes, oh, uh, uh. And she him hauled around, and I said, listen, no pressure. You just said, I'm just reminding you of what you said when I found the house to let you know, I'm letting you know. Well, and she gave me an excuse or whatever, and we hung up the phone. And I said, Father, I, did, I, I followed the witness of that. No problem. I'm going on. <laughs> well, I, I had to go to a meeting and back over in New Albany for a meeting. And I got a phone call from her. And she said, and this is to her credit, she goes, you know what? You're, you're right. You're right. I did. And you meet me. So I was on, so she met Amber. And she, she wasn't able to do it all, but she did the lion's share of it. And that's that what put us up to the top. So God used someone who liked me enough to leave the church. But because she had honor and integrity, would thank you if you're watching. I'm not mad about it. And it was just one of those miracles. And so closing day came and got the house. So we immediately put our other house up for sale and believing for a buyer, but no buyer came. So in the meantime, what we did with this negotiation on the farm, see, we didn't want the house in two acres. We want the house in 15 acres. So what we did is we negotiated the price and a nine-month option to buy because I didn't have the cash flow with this other payment to get the land. We had the house in the two acres, but I said, we signed a contract. I have nine months. I thought nine months this house will sell and I'll have the cash flow to buy the farm, right? But you know, Satan, don't forget him. He's still out there opposing everything you do. So no buyer, no buyer, no buyer. And it gets to the eighth month. And if we see, if we lose this option, if it option expires, he knows we want the whole thing. What's he going to do? He's going to, because remember, he gave us a deep discount on the land. So this brother, hallelujah, he is not wanting this deal to go through. So we were at, in Oklahoma visiting family, and it was late one night, and this thing is on me. I'm, I'm, it's, I don't, even if I have a contract on my house now, I, in 30 days this thing is expiring, and we, have, we would have to close and do all that stuff. Father, what do I do? So I just said, I brought it before the Lord. Nobody was awake. I was in uh, Amber's mom's living room, and I just started praying in tongues about it for about 15, not long, about 15 minutes. Man, I heard the Lord say, lease it, son. Lease the house out, and the monthly cash flow will cover. And that's what you, I said, I really don't want to do the lease thing, Father. We did that once, and that was bad. But he told me to do it. And God brought a client to live in the house. And we ended up making a chunk of change every month. The bank goes, yeah, you got cash flow. So we go, hey, guy, time to close. We got the money. You know what he did? This is how the devil, we're talking about faith and patience. Oh, and let me tell you this. Every morning I would go out and look at the farm and the devil would say something to me. He said, that'll never be yours. You're going to sit here on this porch and watch it and I'm going to mock you for the rest of your life because he's going to jack that. You're never going to have that land. I don't know if you had that, but I had that. I mean, he, would, he would talk to me. You're going to drink your coffee the rest of your days here on this property and know 
you didn't get it. And I would just point at the land and say, that is my land. It's coming in my name. Satan, you are a liar. And this just went on for almost nine months. Well, finally we got it. And the dude, bless his holy name, refused to close. He refused to meet with the banker and to close the deal. I had the money. I have a contract. I'm trying to give him tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, and he acts like he doesn't want it. And I had, I'm talking about the devil opposed us at every single possible turn. He wants to run out the clock and jack up the price, get a premium for the house and the land. That's, he just used of the devil. You know, some people, they don't know it, but they're being used of the devil. And I, I just get, dude, you don't know who you're messing with here. Seriously, you're messing with the plan of God. But listen, you have to have faith and patience. I looked up the word patience, and one of the definitions I like, uh, it's really the word long-suffering. Long-suffering. Yeah. And the word long-suffering, according to Dr. Vines, he says, is the quality of refusing to surrender to circumstances. See, it takes faith and patience. The refusing to submit and to surrender to circumstances. That's an element of faith you have to have. Amen. And so we had to exercise this. Dr. Vines also says that long-suffering is the quality of refusing to give up in trials. Refusing to give up in trials. He says it's the opposite of despondency and it is associated with hope. The word patient means to joyfully endure and it means to be constantly the same. You can't be up and down in faith, out of faith. You want God working for you on this thing 24-7. You've got to be the same. The land is mine, the land is mine, the land is mine, the land is mine, the land is mine. Well, I had to, I just came very near uh, retaining an attorney to compel this guy to close. Finally, he showed up. He refused to meet me. He wouldn't want, he had to come in separate, had to be a separate room. I mean, just a turkey. We need to pray for him that he finds Jesus. Just being used to the devil. But we got it. Amen. We got it. And I walk out there now, glory to God, and I say, you lost. You lost. You lost Satan. Faith and patience, we inherited that promise. Amen. But guess what? I got a client. She moves out. We have to reset the house. And I just, my last word was lease it. So we let another couple lease it. And it was working great. So for about three and a half years of this time, we've had money coming in on that Kebble property. But I mean about August of 2018, I started getting an uneasy, you listening? I started getting an uneasy, uncomfortable feeling about those people living in my house. And it's like, what's wrong with you? Everything's fine. Money's coming, all that. But I just, listen, when you get that for whatever reason, as a believer, pay attention to it. We even went and looked around. I said, i got to get in there and look around. And it looked like it was in order, but it just wouldn't leave me. It just wouldn't leave me. So eventually, I just, I just had to get this off of me. I said, okay, guys, by September, 
buy it or get out. I just, I just, I got this thing. Buy it or get out. Well, they got out. When we got in there and looked around, $8,600 worth of damage. And they wouldn't talk to you, run away from you, no integrity. I mean, through all this, I'm just talking to you about faith, living by faith. I mean, through all this, I had so many things like this happen. I, I, just, I got turned bitter towards humans. How I mean, you know that's not good for a pastor? But I did. I had people, so-called Christians. I, I mean, I don't want to go through the litany, but right in a row. Bail on contracts, be unethical, lie, cheat, steal. I just got bitter about humans, Jerry. I just I was like, I wish I could just get rid of all the humans. Because I don't think there's anybody out there with any integrity left that will do what they say. I have them on paper, and they're not going to do it. So I went the lawyer route for a while, and Pastor Nancy tried to help me. She said, well, it's fine to do that if you have peace about it. Just remember, sometimes, usually, the lawyer's the only one that gets rich. So we got a judgment against them, and that cost several thousand dollars, but they ran and can't keep a job. And, and listen, I, I saw this guy in Barlow one time, and he's living in a hovel now, and a little trash bag out front, and he looks sick. And You cannot steal from a from a Christian, but you cannot steal from me, from a man of God, in the plan of God. Uh, you know, if I did 8000 if I reached into your safe and took $8,600, you know, I'd go to jail, get arrested for that. Right. But because it's damage to a landlord, I mean, they just walk off him. Hmm. I couldn't sleep at night if I did that to your house for a bit. I just couldn't. I'd have to pay the bill. Right. So now all this money, and then it takes us three months to reset it, having to put all that money on credit cards. Because we're already stretched out. Hello. And now they're not in anymore, so it's no income coming in. And we got the farm and the house and the Kevil property. Hello. You know what? You know what we did? We walked by faith. We trusted God anyway. We said, we're just gonna take this as an opportunity. I need to face this fear anyway, this fear of not having enough. So we're just gonna claim. X amount of dollars every month, and we are going to commit to a sale. Unless God tells us not to, we're going to sell this place. So in September of 2018, we started repairing. We got it up for sale. 18 months. 18 times thousands of dollars you don't have. Faith and being constantly the same. Faith, come on. Faith and refusing to surrender to circumstances. Speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word, speaking the word. And you know what I had to do? I had to go out and mow that three acres. Every week. Me and Rex didn't want to be there. Didn't want to be there. Sweating and I'm hauling all this. and I, It's supposed to be my day off. What do I get to do? I get to go mow the Keppel property. But I just decided I'm going to, if I got to be here, I'm going to praise God. Father, praise God. I call it sold. I call it sold. I think the angels are working. It's called faith and long suffering. Yeah, suffering long. And God requires you to be joyful while you suffer. And I would say to God out there on that mower, God, you, you God. I mean, you are God. Like God creator of the universe, 
You know, if you could re-inhabit the earth, fix it back up for man in like six days, I know you could bring a buyer for this. It's a nice house. So why aren't you? He wouldn't talk to me about it. He'd just stay quiet. I mean, it's one of the longest periods where it seemed like God was just quiet. He wasn't talking to me a lot about it. I just had to believe God, believe the word, believe what's written. And you know, to his glory, like I've said already, he paid that bill every month. I mean, by hook or crook. I mean, he just did. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And it's a testimony. And of course, you know, back now, let me, because it's 830 here, October of 2019. So we've gone September 2018, November, December, now we're in 2019. We're to October. We get a contract on the house. Shazam. Breakthrough. Good price. We're happy about it. Things are moving through. We get to the inspection. And, uh, you know, it's just an inspection. Standard, routine thing. Well, my realtor, she said, you need to pray right now. Because the inspector the buyers are wanting hates me and is gunning for me. And my picture's on your yard sign in there, your yard. And I said, okay, we'll just pray. And, uh, man, I was in, well, it was October. I was real busy that month. I was at a meeting over here, and then I'm in California, and then coming back. And uh, I tell you, God's so good. I had some money come in through offerings and things that come in, I thought, wow, I'm going to get to do something because I got a contract on my house. I don't have to spend all this money on the kettle house. Hallelujah. And uh, I was walking through the mall in California getting ready to finish up. I saw I didn't see anything I liked. And I got the strangest word, Brandon. I was going to the car without a bag and God says, don't leave the mall without buying yourself something. Hmm. I don't even want anything. I didn't see anything I liked. But I was trying to walk to the car. My conscience is bothering me. Don't leave the mall without buying yourself something. So I went back to the buckle and bought some boots, bought some jeans, bought a shirt. Didn't even want it. But I obeyed. I got back in Oklahoma and, and a realtor called. Sure enough, this guy has scuttled the deal. The buyers are scared about your house. According to the inspection, the south side of your house is about to fall over. And there's like disease under your crawl space. And your garage doors are so dangerous that he was afraid to open them. I, I mean, I know he's not watching, but he lied. He lied. He, he was used of the devil. And that deal fell through. Now the money I thought I had, I, I paid my own inspector. And sure enough, I said, he opened the garage doors. I just did. Well, I just did too. He goes, they work fine for me. I said, well, this guy said they're so dangerous. I said, um, so what do you think about the property? And, you know, there were, it was a fair inspection. There were things that needed to be up, minor stuff. But everything this other guy, he lied. He fabricated that stuff. You see, I got bitter about humans. And now I lost this deal. And now the five grand I had in my pocket, I thought I could do something with my family, maybe go on a vacation. We put virtually all that money into more upgrades and repairs. 
plus three more months. Well, October, that was October, so we got November, December, January, February, four more months of payments that cost me. I'm glad we're in the year of the double. Now again, what I'm trying to say is through all of this, man, it was a sucker punch. I mean, it's like a demonic sadness came on every member of my family that day when that deal fell through. Right? Well, what you going to do? You're going to walk by. You're going to keep doing what you've been doing. God's just going to. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to fight. I wanted to sue. I wanted to call the better business. I wanted it because he lied. He was unethical. He was illegal. But I've learned through this whole lawyer thing, don't fight. Don't fight. Just trust God. And I'd say, God, the guy stole $10,000 from me. Stole it. Like he reached into my wallet, stole it. And God said, $10,000 is not a lot of money. You know, you're trying to work on your brain. You've got to stop thinking like $10,000 is a lot of money. I can get you $10,000. It's not a big deal. Well, it was a big deal to my brain. I don't know where you're at. But I'm just talking to you about my faith journey. Well, God brought another barn. The thing's done. Hallelujah. Glory to God, it's done. And so I had forgotten to do it. But several days later, like last week, I'm outside. And I look out at the land and I go, oh yeah, hey devil, where are you at? I was, we need to talk. You lost four years and some months, but I'm not going to let you forget. You lost, it sold, I'm still here, and it's all mine. Oh, yeah, and I know that scripture about the thief. The Bible says that if you catch a thief, that he must pay back up to seven times. Up to the whole of his house. So the devil is going to pay the Cody's back. Come on. See, the devil's stolen some stuff from you. Is that right? This is not all about me. You're, you're supposed to follow, learn, hear the, your answer in the story. No doubt the devil's stolen some things from you. He stole time from us. He stole a lot of money from us. Amen. I don't know where he's at. He's hiding in some hovel from me. Praise God. But I'm going I'm to find him and I'm just going to let him know, hey, you lost and you got to pay me back. It's not coming. The reward's not coming out of the heavenly treasury. Out of the Europe wallet, devil. You're going to pay me and my wife and my kids back seven times what you stole. In time, in investments, in money, in opportunity. And how about emotional damages? Let's put some emotional damages on here. That's worth at least three or four more times. Let's, let's close by reading this again. Hebrews 6. What a wonderful passage it is, right? I'll just, it's here in my notes in the Amplified. I'll just read it from there. But we do strongly and earnestly desire of each of you to show the same diligence... Now, Amber and I are not perfect. Maybe we made some mistakes in our faith. Maybe we missed some stuff. I don't know. Maybe we could have accelerated it. She could have prayed more. <laughs> you know, one of the things that bothered me in that whole thing is she wouldn't get worried about it. I mean, that's smart not to get worried about it. But I mean, sometimes those emotions would come on me. Most of the time when I'm loading my mower. And 
I'd say, Father, I could be, I could be writing a book right now. I gotta go out here and sweat. I remember I did have one meltdown in the laundry room one day, and I, I'm sorry for that. You don't even remember? See, she doesn't pay any attention to me. I mean, I had me an emotional meltdown. Like a temper tantrum. Like, I hate that property. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's a curse. That's doubt and unbelief and fear. You do know that, right? So there's something not to do. So what do you do? Well, you repent. And you get back in faith as fast as you can. So evidently, yeah, we're not perfect, but it came to pass. That's the bottom line. It came to pass. And so if there's some things in our example that you could learn from, this scripture says you should show the same diligence and the same sincerity, and I like this phrase, all the way through. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dreaming about, whatever your faith is on, don't quit. Don't quit because it takes longer. Don't quit because... People full of the devil do you dirty. Because God, he's big enough to go around them. Work in spite of them. Get out of the way. Make it happen anyway. May take a little longer. God doesn't sweat about it. Because he's got, he got lots of ability and lots of peeps and lots of people and with lots of money and, and he moves upon them. And, right? And bills get paid. So all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance and the development of your hope until the end. In order that you may not grow disinterested. Listen, don't let yourself get bored with the faith life. Don't let yourself get bored listening to faith podcasts. Don't let yourself get bored coming to church to learn about this. This is your life. This is how you get you keep cancer out of your body. This is how you get healed. This is how, you know, just the other day, we live by faith. We had this big storm come through. Do you see those pictures on Facebook of what Kevil looked like? It was like an ice sheet. Well, Amber calls me and says, come get the BMW. Just like that. Hurry, hurry. No, she was calm. Come get the BMW. And I said, well, what about my car? So I did, I drove over here and left mine to be exposed to the devil and parked hers. But we bound, we claimed the word, we claimed divine protection, not only just over us, but over all y'all, you're welcome. And it wasn't just me, Faith said she bound the devil and I don't know, Melissa and others, so it's not just me, but Melissa and Faith and others said it was like that hailstorm. It came right, shoo, hail, and it stopped, skipped the church. And started right on going back. Right. Aren't y'all glad you live next to us? Yeah, you're welcome. I'm sure y'all got faith too, right? But see, we approach that moment thinking about our faith. Storm comes on, we're going to think about our faith. Amen. And, uh, and so these are things, are, and you cannot let yourself get disinterested. Making your confess- I could have got real frustrated. My God shall supply. 18 months times that many days. All my needs. But see, when the money shows up, you're glad you made all those confessions. You're glad you, you stayed in faith. You're glad, glory to God, that the bill gets paid. 
But you can't get bored with it. You can't get tired with it. And if things aren't clicking, the, the thing is, you know, if, if your radio tuner was not just quite getting clarity, you don't call up the radio station and say, y'all need to fix that. You know it's you and your antenna and your receiving. Don't get frustrated with God. But maybe you need to be tweaked. You know where you get tweaked? Lots of places, your prayer time, your devotional time, listening, church. You come. That's why you need to come. That's why people should have been here tonight that aren't here. But they didn't value the moment enough to get past their flesh to get in a place where they could hear answers. It says don't become spiritually lazy. That's easy to do. You know, I'm tired of this. I'm just going to let God have it. I cast my cares. Well, that's good. But, but casting your care on the Lord does not dismiss you from exercising your faith. A lot of people think, well, I'm not worried about it. That doesn't mean you're in faith about it. It's good not to worry, but if you're not saying anything, you're not releasing your faith, then you're not in faith and it's not happening. That's like saying, you know, you want to you go somewhere, and, but the car is in park, and you say, but my foot's not on the brake. My foot's not on the brake. Well, that's great. But you've got to put it in park too. If to go forward. Y'all getting anything? I am closing. I gotta drive to Louisville, y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it says, don't become disinterested, don't be spiritually lazy. But what was the instruction? Be an imitator. Be imitators behaving as do those who through faith in absolute trust and confidence in God's power, and by the practice of patient endurance are inheriting the promises. Amen? I'm glad God put Dr. Jacobs in my life. I'm glad for the privilege to get to be around him for a few days. So that I can learn some things that will help me, but as it helps me, guess what? It helps you. That's why y'all shouldn't be perturbed or frustrated when you hear me not here to be around them. And I know you're not. Amen? But don't, don't shoot the church in the foot by not coming because you know I'm not going to be here. That's like babyhood Christianity for sure, right? Hallelujah. We'll stand up tonight.